joining us with these podcasts. They are designed to challenge us in the Christian faith. We hope that they do that for you. And we also hope that sometime you will join us at First Christian Church in Malvern. May God bless you. We still can't get together in our Sunday school classes and such. We miss that a lot. But uh, we know that spiritually uh, we, we are looking into the Word of God and and hopefully we're we're growing there. It seems like the whole lessons of the the uh, prophecy and and prophets are being done through a podcast. But uh, we're continuing, and I hope that you continue uh, studying uh, these lessons. Uh, let's open up with a word of prayer. Carol's with me, and then she's going to tell us about our minor prophet. Let's pray, Father God. We thank you. Thank you for your love and grace to us. We are thankful, God, that you have extended salvation to us, that we look to you as our source of life and a source of righteousness and truth. Help us, Lord, to understand these prophets. Help us to gain insight uh, to these prophets that we may so live that it may be pleasing to you. Uh, Help us to learn. May your spirit be with us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. It is good to be here with everyone again from uh, what I was teasing, Mark, a remote location out there in podcast land somewhere. But uh, it's wonderful, honestly, that the technology provides a way for us to still come together and not forsaking the gathering together. And uh, puts our heads and minds into scripture just a little bit more than uh, perhaps even before this uh, shutdown of our country due to the virus. We did have our first soft opening uh, yesterday evening on Thursday for our first service, and it was very meaningful. It was very good to be together. We did um, mask up and social distance and uh, tried not to linger too much, and uh, we pray that uh, the Lord's blessings will be on that gathering and the ones yet to come. We're going to talk about a minor prophet today, Habakkuk, and uh, interesting character and uh, how sad it is that God has sent so many prophets, and uh, yet the people did not take heed and did not take warning. I suppose there would have been among many there among the village that would have taken the prophet's messages seriously, and uh, but so many did not. And um, it had to have been a sad time for the prophets to feel like they were not making headway in uh, their orders and their direction and their commission from God. Today, Habakkuk, the word, his name means embrace or ardent embrace, It's an unusual Hebrew name derived from a verb meaning embrace. So the active, uh, uh, the act of the act of embracing. Thus, his name probably means one who embraces or clings. And at the end of this book, the name becomes appropriate because Habakkuk chooses to cling firmly to God, regardless of what happens to his nation. 
Habakkuk means one who embraces again, and which Jerome thought may have been taken or to represent one who wrestles with God even uh, in prayer, as did Jacob. That's an interesting analogy. But nothing is known of his home or any of his occupation. The fact that he's called a prophet pretty much is, uh, is what we know may suggest that he was a member of a professional prophetic guild. And that sure was interesting to me, Mark. I did not even think that there would be a guild or a membership of uh, prophets. Yep, school of prophets. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the musical reference at the conclusion of the book indicates that Habakkuk may have been a priest connected with the temple worship in Jerusalem. But uh, little is known about Habakkuk himself. He states only that he was a prophet. Some think he may have been from the tribe of Simeon. Tradition says he fled Egypt when Nebuchadnezzar had captured Jerusalem, but that he later returned to Judah, where he eventually then died. His tomb is said to have been shown in ancient times in the hill country of Judah, but even this is not historically certain. Rabbinic tradition says he was the son of a Shunammite woman. We can find that in 2 Kings chapter 4. The apocryphal book, Bell and the Dragon, states that he was connected with the tribe of Levi and that he was carried by the hair of his head by an angel of the Lord to Babylon to supply Daniel with pottage when Daniel was in the lion's den. Okay. Now, knowing the date of these books are very hard to to uh, uh, find because so many times you have to look at historical events in order that they are describing in order to come up with a date. Well, the date of the writing of uh, Habakkuk is somewhere between 612 and 606 B.C. Now, here's how they, they come about this. Um, it is after the fall of Assyria to Babylon, and that took place in 612 BC. That is when the fall took place. So they come up with this idea that, okay, this is written after the uh, fall of Assyria in 612. Let's take that as a beginning point. And then Habakkuk 3.6 places it before the uh, Chaldean uh, invasion. Now, once again, the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. It's just another name for Babylonians. Uh, they oppressed Judah, and if you remember, they they had come in, and even though uh, the city of Jerusalem hadn't fallen, they had carried away a group of Judeans uh, to Babylon in 605 B.C., so it takes place before that happens, which means it had to be around uh, 605 uh, B.C., a year before that. There's no reference to a king in, in the book, and so uh, we, we struggle with that. Uh, we know that the conditions were deplorable as far as the moral conditions that were going on, and it, it implies a, a date 
that would be after Josiah. Remember, Josiah was the one that had done all these reforms, and, and there was revival that was going on. And then he died uh, at the Battle of Megiddo. Now, Megiddo is an interesting place. Some people call it Megiddo. But Megiddo is a, is a place that I studied in archaeology when I was in school. Uh, it's an interesting place. It's, it's the place where a lot of the war machines during that time, like chariots and horses and all of that, was stored in uh, Megiddo. And uh, so it's, it's early in the reign of King uh, Jehoiakim. And that was a very wicked time. Let's talk about the setting with Habakkuk. He prayed and prophesied in times of crisis. Shortly before he began his ministry, the international scene was shocked by events of far-reaching import. The Assyrian Empire was crushed, never to regain his power. The Egyptians, after slaying Josiah, king of Judah, were themselves utterly defeated in the year of 605 BC. The new world power concentrated in Babylon and executed by the vigorous Nebuchadnezzar was stretching itself across the breadth of the earth. Within a period of approximately 20 years, the Chaldeans swept over Judah in successive waves and ultimately destroyed the country, took its inhabitants away into captivity around 597. In the year of 605, at the great battle of Carchemish, the Babylonians defeated what was left of the old Assyrian army and the Egyptians. That opened the way for Babylon and the new power, world power, to exert its influence along the major trade route that ran from the Fertile Crescent down to Egypt, running right through Judah. It was only a matter of time before Judah would feel the heavy hand of Babylon. And Habakkuk, with prophetic insight, he knew that. The situation in Judah was uh, Jehoahaz succeeded his father, and Josiah, upon Josiah's death at the Battle of Megiddo. Jehoahaz was 23 years old at the time. His reign was sum is summarized in 2 Kings chapter 23 and 32. Verse 32, And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers had done. He reigned three months, being deposed by Pharaoh Necho of Egypt, who put Jehoahaz's brother Eliakim on the throne. Jehoiakim, we'll talk about him, Eliakim's name was changed by Pharaoh Necho to Jehoiakim. He reigned 11 years. He was as wicked as his brother. So if you can keep all those names straight, Mark, you can actually <laughs> see a progression. Well, but how sad, because the common thread through there was evil and treachery. That's right. That's and right. And disobedience to God. When, when you study, and, and I've taught uh, a course on the kings, when you study them, uh, they change their names. And it gets confusing it at times. Does. <laughs> um, you know, when Josiah was killed, that was just a, a, a shock that happened across Judah. And there, there was um, uh, just shock going on. And so 
the one that succeeded his father was Jehoahaz. And uh, so Jehoahaz, look at that, three months. Three months, that's all he was in power. And, of course, uh, it was Egypt that had killed Jeho- uh, uh, Josiah. And so he says, we're not going to allow that son to rule. So that's why uh, uh, there was this switch that took place. Eliakim's name is changed uh, uh, to Jehoiakim. Mm-hmm. And so, boy, what a, what a mess in times of history. And Habakkuk writes during this time. Now, Habakkuk is a really different approach from the other um, prophets that we have studied. Um, Instead of uh, taking God's message directly to the people, he takes the complaint of the people to God. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a different way. And he represents them in this complaint. Um, He just doesn't teach like the other prophets do, but he addresses God with questions that were relevant during that time of justice. And uh, Habakkuk did not cry out against the sins of Judah as such, but came at the problem in a totally different way. He was convinced that God is good and that God is all-powerful. And he wondered out loud why God would allow these things to happen. Well, what things? Well, things like sin that was going on, the injustice that was going on. And why would God allow Judah to be punished by such an evil nation? Now, granted, uh, Judah was sinful, but, but God was strong enough to do something about that, so why didn't he do it? Don't we hear that question oh, even yeah. in our own culture? Yeah. I mean, that kind of approach to the problem is almost unheard of in the Old Testament, though. The book of Job looks at evil in, in somewhat this fashion, but Habakkuk is alone among the prophets in doing so, and it's very interesting. Uh, the people had this idea that they had nothing to fear. Even though they were uh, living in sin and not following God's ways, uh, they had actually grown more sinful after the fall of Assyria. Maybe they thought the threat was over. Maybe they thought uh, they didn't have to worry about that. So in luxury and and that, they began to sin. Uh, We see that principle being done many times. And he warns them to the contrary. He says, Babylon is ready to carry them away just like Assyria carried the northern tribes away. So don't think it, it's, it's over. Uh, now, the style of this is, is really neat. I, I love the way Habakkuk did this. He wrote in a style of a complaint. He gives this complaint to God, and then uh, he cries to God, and then God is going to answer him. There's this injustice. There's this disregard for the law of God in Judah. And they thought they were safe. Maybe it was because uh, the temple was there. 
the the house of God? How would God allow anything to happen to his house? And Jerusalem, the mighty uh, city of Jerusalem, God's place. So they were totally deceiving themselves. The book has three major divisions. Let me go back a page here. I, I like the way this is worded. Um, uh, Judah was sinful, but God was strong enough to do something about it. So why didn't he? And that was uh, Habakkuk's thought, I believe, as he approached with the uh, the divisions of the book, Habakkuk's problem, uh, three uh, a new problem, and then a poem. Back to Habakkuk's problem uh, was a complaint. He just could not wrap his mind around. God is big enough to do something about it, so why don't you? The complaint, how can God allow lawlessness to go unchecked? And the answer, God is raising up the Chaldeans to take care of the evildoers. Well, then a new problem, a new complaint. How can God use such a cruel power to punish a people less wicked than the Chaldeans? Well, the answer, the wicked man will not last because evil is self-destructive. The righteous will live by faith. A series of woes are pronounced upon the aggressor for increasing that which is not one's own against the one who covets, against the one who builds a town with blood, against the one who gives uh, his neighbor drink, and against all idolaters. The final and third division, a poem with musical notations, is a beautiful expression of faith, and we'll get to that later in the lesson. The faith of the prophet is its peak. And it has two divisions, the first being a vision of God's appearance for judgment and a hymn of faith. It, it's interesting to me that, that so many times we, we turn to God and we say, how can you allow this? How can you allow this to happen and go unchecked? And God says, I'm going to do something about it, but you're not going to like my answer. And what he did there was he took the wicked Babylonians and he punished Judah for it. So, and then God's going to punish the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. Uh, I want us to look at, at some of the scripture here. So turn in the first chapter here a minute. Uh, we're going to look. There's this idea, there's lessons in here of the universal supremacy of God's judgment upon the wicked. It's going to happen. God may tolerate wickedness for a time, but it will be judged. And it might be judged through a nation that's more wicked than the nation that God is punishing. Faithfulness, secondly, faithfulness is a guarantee. It's a guarantee that you will survive because evil is self-destructive, isn't it? It really is. And the book of Job presents the suffering of an individual while Habakkuk presents the suffering of a nation. And uh, let's, let's take a look. I, I, I want to get in the book. Chapter 1, the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. Here's his complaint. He's bringing it to God in the form of a, of a prayer. He says, How long, O Lord, will I call for help? And thou wilt not hear. I cry out to thee, violence. Yet thou dost not save. 
Why dost thou make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contentions arise. Therefore the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore uh, justice comes out of the perverted. Here's a key verse. Look among the nations. Observe, be astonished, wonder. Because I am doing something in your days you would not believe if you were told. For behold... I am raising up the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, the fierce, those fierce people who march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with them. Their horses are swifter than uh, leopards and keener than wolves in the evening, and horsemen come galloping. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like eagles swooping down to devour. All of them come for violence. Their horde of faces moves forward. They collect uh, captives like sand. They mock at kings, and rulers are laughing uh, matter to them. They laugh at every fortress and heap up rubble. To capture it, uh, they will sweep through like the wind and pass on, and they will be held guilty. They whose strength is their God. Do thou, you want to read the second complaint? Thou, uh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. But this right here, you know, we got to be careful as a nation when we just boast about our military. Mm, yeah. Their strength is their God. And we have to realize that God is God, not our military. Um, Sometimes as we are getting through this uh, COVID-19 disease, I hear our leaders talking how we will defeat this and we will and we will and we will and it goes on and on. But I re rarely hear them say, with God's help, we will. Yes. And that I is wish I so could. so important. I would like to hear that a little more often. Yes. Yeah. Habakkuk's second complaint. Well, give the mm -hmm. answer to oh. this. Oh, okay. Okay. If, if you look at uh, chapter 2. 2. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Okay. Okay, he says, uh, mine says, I will stand on my guard post, station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see that uh, he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me. Yeah, go ahead. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. See, he is puffed up. He desires, his desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by faith. And indeed, wine betrays him. He's arrogant and never at rest because he is greedy as the grave, and like death is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations 
and takes captive all the peoples. Okay. That that's so here we have that first complaint that happened in the in the first chapter uh verses 2 through 11 and then God gives the answer to that then he raises that God's raising up the Chaldeans to take care of the evil doers it doesn't go unnoticed then there's this new problem which uh we had talked about a complaint how can God use that cruel nation and the answer was that that the wicked man will not last because evil self-destructed and of course read that fourth verse again in uh, chapter 2 Carol that verse 4 chapter 2 see he is puffed up his desires are not upright but the righteous will live by faith amen the righteous will live by faith wow you know, and you had said that there there were three parts to that, okay, this lesson. Right, three major divisions. Habakkuk's problem, a new problem, and a poem. Right, right. And let's take a look at that poem because the the poem is, um, is found in chapter 3. Um, and it is uh, the judgment against the Assyrians. But it's talking about the strength of God and that God is in control. Um, in, uh, in this, um, whoops, I'm sorry, I've got the wrong thing here. In this third uh, chapter, it's, there, there is this prayer that the prophet gives praising God. And I'm going to read it in the NLT because um, when we read it literally, we, we miss the poetic part. So here's how it reads. This prayer was sung by the prophet Habakkuk. Um, he says, I have heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works in this time of our deep need Help us again as you did in years gone by, and in your anger remember your mercy. I see God moving across the deserts from Edom, the Holy One coming out from Mount uh, Paran. His brilliant uh, splendor fills the heavens, and the earth is filled with his praise. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. Pestilent marches before, pestilence marches before him. Plague follows close behind. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. When he shatters the everlasting mountains and levels the eternal hills, he is the eternal one. I see the people of Cushan in distress and the nation of Midian trembling in terror. Uh, was it in anger, Lord, that you struck the rivers and parted the sea? Were you displeased with him? No, you were sending your chariots of salvation. Okay, I'm going to stop there just for a second. Um, uh, Cush in, in Egypt being uh, associated. Midian, of course, 
uh, we learned was were cousins, so to speak, to Israel. But uh, in verse 10, it says, The mountains watched and trembled, onward swept with raging waters. The mighty deep cried out, lifting its hands to the Lord. The sun and the moon stood still in the sky as your brilliant arrows flew and your glittering spear flashed. You marched across the land in anger and you trampled the nations in your fury. You went out to rescue your chosen people to save your anointed ones. You crushed the heads of the wicked and stripped uh, their bones from head to toe with his own weapons. You destroyed the chief of those who rushed out like a whirlwind, thinking Israel would be easy prey. You trampled the sea with your horses and the mighty waters piled up. I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me, and I shook in terror. I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. There's hope here. And Carol, this is, this is talking about a hope that, that even though Judah is being punished, and and a, a nation, a, an ungodly nation, is punishing them. That ungodly nation will be held accountable. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines, and even though the olive tree uh, fails. By the way, you remember uh, Jesus cursing that fig tree that did not uh, have any figs. Uh, there, there was meaning to that here in Habakkuk, that reference that that destruction was going to happen to Jerusalem. Jesus was saying that they had not produced fruit. They had not accepted the Messiah. So it says, even though the cross, crops fail and the, and the fields are empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Doesn't matter the circumstance, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the Lord of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. How beautiful that prayer is of Habakkuk. Well, interesting prophet. Yes, he is. I think the lives and the ministry and the work and the calling of all of the prophets are so unique, so different. And it makes me feel encouraged in some ways, but kind of sad in other ways that so many prophets, five major, 12 minor, were sent. And um, how often they were, their message was ignored. Yeah. And Habakkuk teaches us and God is so patient he he teaches us them when when we can't understand why bad things are happening that we are to live by faith trust and so wait. it's it's not why we're always going why 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 that's no, me no trust and wait trust wait upon the lord yep the righteous will live by faith Well, Habakkuk in the New Testament, that uh, verse 1-5 describes 
perplexity. Uh, wow, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, I'm going to, I just closed my Bible. Can, mm-hmm. can you read uh, 1 5 for me? 1 5. Chapter 1, verse 5. Yeah. Certainly. In, in chapter 1 for 5, it's going to describe this perplexity. And uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because mm-hmm. there is a parallel there. It's part of the Lord's answer from uh, chapter 1 on verse 5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not even believe, even if you were told. Wow. And and this is exactly exactly what what Paul preaches um in Acts 13. He says, "Look you mockers, be amazed and die, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it." Now, now Paul uses that uh, Habakkuk verse in the New Testament. Uh, could you read 2.14 for me, Carol? And I am reading from the New International Version. Uh, verse 14, you have made men like fish in the sea, like sea creatures that have no ruler. Yeah. You know, this this is really, really uh, a scripture that, that deals with uh, the situation of um, the gospel. Doesn't the gospel bring hope? I was thinking the other day being so hopeful of the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and what he has done and how he has saved me and how he has, has actually put cl- uh, cleaned us up, so to speak. And, of course, the just shall live by faith is used so much in the New Testament. You see, the old and the new are connected. The principles of God, he never changes. And we can learn so much from these prophets. Well, Carol, thank you. Thank you for uh, helping in this. And uh, let's have a, a word of prayer together. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you close us out in Certainly. Prayer? And it's been good to uh, be with everyone again, even uh, through podcasting. That's always um, an interesting approach. Uh, Father in heaven, we close out this uh, time of study with Habakkuk and what he meant to the, to the people of Israel and what uh, God, how he chose Habakkuk to do his bidding and his warnings through all so many prophets, Lord, that we should take heed and we should pay attention that uh, the Lord is waiting, and we need to wait and be patient. And uh, we ask, Lord, that you'll watch over those who are sick, who have been sick. And we pray, Lord, that uh, it may just be with the coronavirus, the new one, or just simply other illness and ailments that they may be struggling with. We pray, Lord, that your healing uh, attention will be upon those people. Encourage those who feel um up and down and they're uh, maybe sad at times like this but yet give us the hope and the peace that passes all understanding 
Thank you for watching over us. At times we didn't even realize we needed to be protected, but yet you did because you have your careful and watchful eye on us. We uh, ask now as we go through the rest of this day that everything we say and do will uh, point towards you and to give you the glory for all that you have done for us. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. We hope that you will join us at First Christian Church of Malvern, which is located at 4046 Coral Road, Northwest in Malvern, Ohio. May God bless you and have a great day.